uh, we're going to do, I, I, I have an idea. We're going to do wonderful words of life, but I would like to have the ladies sing the first verse, which there's a lot of ladies here, and the gentlemen to do the second, and then everybody join in at the end. Okay? Can we? Okay. Let's let's try this. <laughs> okay, ladies. Sing them over again to me. Wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see. Wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty. Teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Gentlemen. Everybody, sweetly echo the gospel call, wonderful words of life, offer pardon and peace to all, wonderful words of life, Jesus only singing. <laughs> all right. I'd like to have you all bow your heads with me first before I start the sermon today. So dear Lord, thank you for this day. 
Thank you for allowing us all to come together on such a wonderful blue sky today. It's just absolutely wonderful, showing the light of your own spirit. Please let your words be your words. I am just the interpreter. These are the words of you, and give all the glory to you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. Find me my scribes. Find me my dream tellers. Grab the interpreters. I have had a terrible dream that I cannot remember, says King Nebuchadnezzar in a cold chill, though he cannot remember this dream. He just witnessed something beyond his imagination and understanding in life. He had made... He had seen a statue with a golden head, shimmering and beautiful, the upper body made of pure silver, shining bright with wealth, the lower body made of bronze and strong, robust legs, feet made of iron and clay, a very weak and unflattering material. In this dream, the images completely destroyed the brass or the golden, the silver, brass, iron, and clay fall into tiny pieces. But the problem was, he could not remember this dream. Church family, sometimes it's hard to go through life. Troubles like to shake us down to our core beliefs. And we're just imperfect beings that unfortunately don't know what's going to happen in our lives today, tomorrow, or even years on this side of eternity. But I am thankful that there is a God who knows all from the beginning to the end. Whether it's on this polluted planet when we finally get to heaven, God knows all. In our journey through life, we are not alone. Just as we have our earthly families, Jesus invites us to be a part of his larger family. He adopts us as his children, and through the love of Christ, we become brothers and sisters in faith. As we face struggles, I, for one, am thankful that we have a church family that we can lean on. We can draw strength from one another and support each other. We, at times of need, our church family is a testament of our love and care for God has for us. And on my behalf and Katie, thank you so much, church, for all the help that you've given us and the support. I've had struggles in my life. I've seen addiction in my family. I've seen it in myself and even friends. I struggle with faith myself because I'm just an imperfect human. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't care about us. He cares so much more than we even think. As our friend Connie said, he loved us first, or loved me first. <laughs> Indeed, God loved us before we were even born, before our parents, grandparents, or even great parents to, knew of us. He knew us long before we were even thought of. 
I just got married about two months ago, God, and God has shown me that in my relationship with Katie, I am to mirror that love, to cherish her and honor her. God calls me to offer my support and offer understanding as we journey through life and together. In the context of family and marriage, we can find profound meaning in God's love for us. Just as parents love us unconditionally, God's love for us knows no bounds. Even, our, even more than our earthly marriage is God's marriage with each of us. We are all his bride, and the husband desires to give us boundless love, continuous support, even though life throws us challenges, heartaches, and disappointments. God will never lead our side. I know this. I believe this. In Hebrews 13.5, God has promised to us, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. As a church family of God, he calls us to nurture and love each other. I wonder to find, an, or it's wonderful to find an actual place of kindness, forgiveness, and encouragement. Together as a church, we can grow spiritually and create a place filled with love and trust. What a divine spouse with Jesus we have. It's the kind of marriage that we can all be equipped to love God the way he wants us to love. We may not be parents yet, or I might not be a parent yet, but I know that family is a foundational aspect of God's design. Whether or not it's our immediate family or the family of God, being a part of a family is just so important. Just as our parents who teach us, discipline us, and provide for us, Jesus wants us to grow, learn, and be more equipped with his service. This we cannot forget. We are the children of Christ. In 1 John 3, 1, he says, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we shall be called children of God. Just a wonderful, wonderful words for us. What a privilege it is to accept such a sweet invitation to follow God who never leads us astray and gives us his son, Jesus, what a privilege to give our time and energy so that his kingdom will be established and we all can go home together for the rest of eternity. Isn't that just wonderful? So back to our dream. <laughs> King Nebuchadnezzar II at the time was calling for all educated people to be killed. He had so much fear from a dream that he could not remember, let alone understand. Imagine that, being so scared from a significant dream that you require somebody to require, to recall it to you before you can even relax. Now, the king decided he needed to know the truth without any doubts in his mind, not even a fraction. So he tells his scribes, his dream tellers, his wise men, tell me my dream because 
I cannot remember it, and I know it was so important. In other words, what did I dream last night? So the scribes and dream tellers tell him, uh, tell me my, <laughs> I'm sorry. That way I know that your knowledge and trust your words of interpretation. No one could tell him what his dream was about. So all of them said, may the king live forever. Now, this was not what the king was asking for. He was asking to, for people to tell him. No one could live forever. They would say to him, what you're asking is impossible. How can we interpret something that hasn't been told to us? They repeated that to the king many times that they could not do what they were asking. It was an impossible task. So Nebuchadnezzar ordered for all of his astronomers, his dream tellers, wise men, to be cut up into tiny pieces. You can tell me, you can't tell me my dream, so you must be cut into pieces, says frustratedly Nebuchadnezzar. While Daniel, while all this is happening, Daniel and his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were to be killed as well. When Arioch, the captain of the guard, finds Daniel and his friend, Daniel has to stop Arioch. He asks, what has happened that would cause the king to order all these educated people to be killed? Then Arioch tells Daniel the situation. Daniel tells Arioch to stop and not kill anyone. He says, take me to the king. I know I can tell him the dream, so there is no need for bloodshed. Daniel and the guards make their way to King Nebuchadnezzar, and Daniel says to him, give me a little bit of time, and I will tell you your dream and what it means. Then Daniel goes back and asks his friends to pray for wisdom and the ability to tell the king what his dream was. This lesson must not be lost. When times are tough, when difficulties arise, we, when we don't know what to do, prayer is where we should always start. By taking it to God, he himself has permission to take his plan to us. In fact, Last week, or not last week, last month, I was working at a rehab center down in Squim. It was an absolute trouble for me to get there. And I prayed profusely about what I needed to do. And now I have a job that's only a mile two away from my house. It takes me 20 minutes to walk over there, and I'm getting paid the same amount. It's just a wonderful, beautiful thing that God did for me. Prayer is just such an amazing thing to experience. So while Daniel was sleeping, Jesus in heaven literally gave Daniel the same exact dream and its meaning literally the same exact dream. When does that happen? Never. So the next day, our Babylonian king is greeted by Daniel with respect and reverence. Because put yourself in the king's place for a moment. He probably didn't have a very good night's sleep that night. And he wanted to know his dream. And nothing, and I mean nothing else was on his mind. 
So Daniel walks in. Nebuchadnezzar, he asks him, are you ready to tell me my dream and its meaning? And Daniel decides to throw Nebuchadnezzar a little bit of a curveball and says, no, there is no man who can tell you your dream, but there is a God in heaven who has shown me. Daniel begins to tell the dream himself as if he was a part of it, as it was the same dream. Another important lesson is give God the glory When you are able to do something good or positive for someone, give God the glory. We need to stay humble. Daniel made it clear that God was the dream teller. Daniel was just communicating God's message. He tells Nebuchadnezzar, there is a large, beautiful statue and a head made of shimmering gold, a chest plate made of shining silver with wealth, protection for its stomach made of bronze, and legs of strong, robust iron, and feet made with iron and clay. Can't you hear Nebuchadnezzar just yelling out, yes, yes, just tell me more, tell me more. Then he tells Nebuchadnezzar, there is a small rock thrown at this beautiful statue As we all know, this small rock is the second coming. And it destroys everything in its wake. All while it's crumbling down. That rock just completely destroys everything. Again, we cannot miss this point. Jesus will come again and take us to his home forever. Dan... (laughs) Sorry, I'm losing track where I'm at. Daniel says, that is what your dream means. It's a forecast for the future for us as a human race, as imperfect humans. The bright head of gold means that we are in an age of prosperity. You, O King Nebuchadnezzar, are this head of gold. However, This head of gold will never stay forever. And the kingdom will take over, known as a chest plate of silver. Still prosperous, but not golden. Wealthy, but not golden wealth. The next kingdom will be followed by one made of bronze. That kingdom will take over the silver kingdom. Then next, we have the age of iron, strong, robust iron, the strong iron kingdom of Rome. Rome would produce the aqueducts, and unfortunately, they were the ones who created the weapons and instruments of crucifixion. Iron is definitely an appropriate metal that demonstrates what Rome had done. And lastly, we have the feet of iron and clay. The unmixed kingdom metal would last until the coming of Jesus. This unmixed kingdom would illustrate those independent nations around the world would never be ruled by one ruler. We've seen World War I. We've seen World War II as nations tried to unite together But the scripture was clear. Nations weren't going to mix. 
no matter how hard Hitler tried. So something surprising happens. Instead of Nebuchadnezzar getting angry about his kingdom being destroyed at something, he is beyond happy. He finally is told what his dream was meant, and he appointed Daniel as one of his highly ranked officers in his court. Nebuchadnezzar appoints Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as dignitaries under Daniel. This will be extremely important in our upcoming story. Now, I went through Daniel chapter 2 because I wanted to set the stage for Daniel chapters 3. In order for us to understand the huge image Nebuchadnezzar erects, we need to understand the background of his dream in Daniel chapter 2. So, Nebuchadnezzar, he wanted his dream to become a reality, but not just like the one in his dream. He decided that he was going to make it out of complete gold and that he commissioned this statue in the desert. It was literally almost like the same one in the dream. Now, if you didn't know Nebuchadnezzar very well, this story reveals that he is filled with pride and honor, just beyond pride and honor. So he builds this huge image. He calls people from all nations around. He now has a plan for people to bow down together and worship this image. We don't know where Daniel is at the moment, and how many people are there at this statue. But no doubt, there were thousands on thousands of people there. Because at that time, the kingdoms were still mixed. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they decided they weren't going to bow down. Another thing you needed to learn, you need to know about Nebuchadnezzar in both this story and the dream story. He expects absolute obedience, or else death will be assured. So when he sets up this large worship and the image, it consists with this all-or-nothing demand. It's terrifying and exact. You will be thrown into a blazing fire if you refuse to worship my golden image. Our three Bible heroes, they weren't shaken by this news in the slightest bit. They didn't care what happened to themselves. All they knew is they wanted to follow God and his works. No power would stop their devotion to the one true God. The king thought he was going to try to force their hand out of fear, but not even the king that ruled over their life would make them even have the slightest inkling of fear of him. God was on their side, and they knew that. They knew that if they loved God, even if they passed in this realm, they knew for a fact they would have a seat next to God in the kingdom forever. They understood that earth was not the final resting spot for us. The kingdom of heaven was. Whatever happens since they loved God, they knew it would be okay. In Romans 
8.28, we have a passage, and it's just a wonderful passage that we have, and it has the ability to bring storms in our mind to just little babbling brooks. So in this verse, it says, we know that God works all things together for good for the ones who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. You can take refuge in this verse. We can all take refuge in this verse. If you love God, you will be okay. God can do all things. We just need to trust him, and we will be moving more than just mountains. The three, so the three of them, they would not bow down to this lifeless idol. That's not what they were going to do because it was not their God. God doesn't want us to just give him small love. He wants all of us. He wants us to love him and call for him with all our heart, soul, and mind. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were going to be punished thrown into that fiery furnace. And I love what they told the king. So in Daniel chapter 3, 16 to 18, if you want to look in your Bibles for a little bit and follow along, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they replied to King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this manner. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from us. And even he, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he doesn't, we know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods, your worship, your golden image you have set up. So in anger and public humiliation... Nebuchadnezzar orders his fire to be set seven times hotter. Think about it. These men were in his cabinet of leadership. When everyone bowed down, they remained standing, and he had to show something and show the world that he was watching and was in charge. Now, in verse 19 of the same chapter... Then Nebuchadnezzar, he was just furious with Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual. He commanded some of his strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. In verse 21 to 23, these men, so these men wearing their trousers, their robes, turbans, and other clothing were bound up and thrown into this burning, blazing furnace. The king commanded, the king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot, the flames killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, three men, they fell firmly in. They were tied firmly and fell straight into that burning furnace. 
Now for the miracle of all miracles. Completely unexpected and totally visible for all, even Nebuchadnezzar. While in the furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they started to stand up. They started to walk around. And the guards, they were watching in amazement because they weren't being burned alive. Then in verse 24, the king Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asks his advisors, weren't it three men we tied up and fell into the fire? And they replied, certainly, majesty. They said, look, there's a fourth man inside there in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar and the guards were amazed what was happening. In verse 26, Nebuchadnezzar then approaches the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted out to Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walked out of the fire. Their clothes, just as clean as when they were thrown in there. Perfectly fine. Nebuchadnezzar finally sees the truth behind what these men were saying. He finally decided that their God was the true and strongest God out there. He finally decided that he was going to have everyone follow this God. Otherwise, they were going to be cut up into small pieces and their, their houses burned down to the ground. From that point on, Nebuchadnezzar acted very differently. He later on it has another dream, which I won't go in today, but it brings his life full story. He was no longer the man who was cutting up people, which seemed to be his punishment of choice. He found God once he was pushed out of his kingdom. It forced him to think heavenward. And once he was be able to think heavenward, he understood faith. He understood Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Life is hard. Fear is terrifying. It has the ability to change how we see people, treat people, and fear affects how we interact with other people. <laughs> sorry. With other people, sorry. I lost track of where I went. <laughs> I am so sorry. Life is just hard. It's terrifying. It has the ability to change how we see people, treat people, and it affects how we interact with others. Fear can take control of our life. It makes it to where all one can hear is screaming, fear, and stop so many things like happiness and personal growth. But fear is not something that has to overcome us and shake us. Our faith, my faith, it can't be taken away. It can remove problems from the past. Faith is everything. In Romans first eight, 
16, uh, not 18, verse 17, the Apostle Paul said, For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from the first to last, just as it is written, just the right the righteousness will live by faith. So today, I'm asking you, doesn't faith sound like a better option? God calls us to drop fear off right at that door and don't let the enemy take over. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego showed the enemy that they had unbreakable faith. And let Jesus into their life, and you will find yourself no longer shaking. But if you believe in God, you will find yourself dancing in the light of him. So I'd like you to pray with me just one more time. So, dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing me to speak your words, even if I... Messed up a little bit. I appreciate that you give us all the forgiveness that we need and that you equip us with the ability to have faith with him. It is just a beyond wonderful experience to have that. And thank you, Lord, just thank you that you give us the chance to have faith and drop that fear off. Amen. Thank you, Parker. It's wonderful. We're going to, our closing song is Work for the Night is Coming. And in your hymnal 375, please stand.
Work for the daylight flies. Work till the last beam fadeth, fadeth to shine no more. Work for the Lord is coming when man's work is o'er. say the benediction okay. as well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing everybody to be able to come and hear what God was able to say. Amen. And thank you for just the wonderful sun and beautiful blue skies you gave us today. Amen. You are showing us just a fraction of what we're going to see in heaven, and that's just absolutely amazing wonderful Amen. so thank you everybody for coming thank you for everyone that is watching online and i hope you have a wonderful sabbath afternoon amen thank you